<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? Uh, Val is here. Val is here. It's just me for the intro. For those of you new to the podcast, this is the Friday episode, which is We Made It Weird, uh, which is me and Val basically having a date and catching up. It's always my favorite part of the week. And this one, I love this one. You're going to see. We go for, we go, I go for something different. Let's see if I do it. <laughs> uh, also, one thing to plug up top, Largo Show, March 25th. The last one was Amy Schumer, Sarah Silverman, and Judd Apatow. The next one, I promise, will be just as amazing. Go to Largo-LA.com for tickets. That is the only stand-up I am currently doing. Uh, hope to see you there. Largo-LA.com for tickets. And as you guys know, uh, on this podcast, we only promote things that we actually use and love. So if you like the show and want to support it, try something that I enjoy, like Everlane. Everlane is my favorite, ethical, awesome, high-quality, built-to-last, built-to-stay-in-style clothing company that I swear by. And they have incredible values. And when you stick to what's important to your very core, it shows in everything you do. And Everlane is certainly that way. They are committed to doing the right thing from start to finish. What does that mean? It means partnering with ethical factories to ensure every piece of clothing not only looks and feels great, but comes from a wonderful and ethical place that looks great for years to come. So as you guys know, I blab all about it. I have two denim jackets from Everlane. Not only are they the best made clothing that I own, but they are timeless. That is that is one of the things they are about. They make things that aren't going to shoot up and down in, in, the, in the stock market of fashion. They're always going to look good, and they're always going to feel good, and they're always going to last. They have a dedication to ethical factories. They design timeless clothes with quality materials, and they have transparency in production costs for every item. You heard me right. Even when it comes to the cost and what they charge and why they charge what they charge, that is a completely transparent. You'll see that on their website. And say goodbye to unsustainable fast fashion. Everlane designs timeless closet staples that you can wear over and over again. This is how I feel about my uh, denim jackets. They remind me a little bit of uh, old B. Pitt, Brad Pitt in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that, that just is evidence. Here it is, 2022, and that movie was trying to look like, what, the 70s? It's always going to be in fashion. So many of their items are like that. Just evergreen, perfect, pitch-perfect perfection. Each garment is made with the finest materials, like grade-A cashmere. My favorite sweater is from Everlane. It's literally my favorite piece of clothing and Val's favorite piece of clothing that uh, she has me wear on dates. She requests it. They also have Italian leather and Peruvian Pima cotton. Everlane strives to use the most sustainable materials from farm to factory, so they prioritize natural fibers and use uh, recycled synthetics for performance, excuse me, for performance and durability. So if you want to look great and feel great about what you're looking great in and do things differently from your core to your closet, shop Everlane. Go to everlane.com slash weird and sign up for 10% off your first order. That's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane.com slash weird and sign up. Everlane, ethically made, sustainably sourced. And not only will you look great and feel great, you'll be showing your support of this show, which means so much to me and to Val. Speaking of me and Val, uh, I have a joke right now about how we're trying for a second baby, which is so funny. It's just a way of telling people that you're boning a lot. And I got to say, I have been swearing by Joy Mode, one of our newest Pete's picks. 
Uh, not only is it wonderful just for the fun of it, but it's also great in a time like this when you might be having more sex than you're used to and you need to sort of up your game a little bit. But if you want to up your game, fellas, what do you do? I mean, remember the last time you were in a gas station and you saw those horribly branded erection pills? There's always like a huge X in them or three X's like a Vin Diesel movie. Tempting, I know. But did you ever take a a second to see what's actually in those products? Well, no surprise, but they are terrible for you. And the same goes with most of the products on the market that claim to help men in the bedroom. But who wants a four-hour erection or nasty side effects, heart problems, and a possible trip to the hospital just to get rid of that thing? Well, Joy Mode is here to save the day. Whether you're happy or unhappy with your performance in the bedroom, we could all, you know, perform even better. That's what I say. And Joy Mode's sexual performance booster is like a pre-workout but for sex. Wouldn't you rather take a supplement designed to spice things up naturally rather than a prescription drug that can have harmful side effects down the road? I just did it. I had one this morning. I really did. I snipped the top off, poured in a cup of water, and I double-checked because it almost seems too good to be true. It works great. I was like, could it possibly be as natural as they say? I read the ingredients and was blown away. So... You'll go to great lengths to biohack your way to better mental and physical performance, but why not do the same for the bedroom? Joy Mode makes natural and science-baked, <laughs> science-baked, right from the oven, science-backed sexual wellness products for men. Their sexual performance booster is like a pre-workout. That means it gets that blood flow going. The sexual performance booster is designed to support erection quality and firmness and sex drive. It contains clinically supported doses of L-citrulline, arginine, Yohibine and vitamin C. I knew the last one, vitamin C. It was created with the best in-class scientists and biochemistry PhDs. After taking the the sexual performance booster, blood levels uh, all increase, which promote nitric oxide production, penile tissue relaxation, and increased drive. Meanwhile, the antioxidant action of vitamin C will protect nitric oxide from oxidative degradation. This is hard to say. Hard, nice. I worked it in. This is hard to say. <laughs> Which enhances blood flow, promoting activity of nitric oxide. All of this is to say these compounds work in concert to make your penis work better in the bedroom. Which is wonderful. Val and I use it for fun, and currently we're using it to expand our family. I mean, what more can you ask for? Joy Mode was created because the products on the market are terrible, and they knew they could do better. Prescriptions come with all sorts of side effects, and the -the over-the-counter gas station pills are sketchy and fraudulent, but a lot of guys take both because they don't have a better option. But now you do. Simply tear it open, tear open the packet, mix it with six to eight ounces of water, and just like your favorite electrolyte packet, slog it down. And it tastes great. Actually, it tastes almost neutral. It tastes pretty much like nothing, like water, which is great. For best use, consume it between 45 minutes to four hours before sexual activity. And if you're like me, you'll notice better blood flow, better erection quality and firmness, and increased sexual energy and drive. So... Do you want to spice up things in the bedroom and boost your sexual performance and do it naturally without nasty prescription drugs? We have a special offer for you made it weird weirdos. Go to usejoymode.com slash weird or enter weird at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's usejoymode.com slash weird for 20% off your first order. Thank you, Joy Mode, for supporting the show. And thank you, guys. Uh, and everybody for showing your support by trying it out. 
means a lot. Last but not least, I am wearing my perfect jeans, which is no surprise because I literally haven't taken them off since I bought my first pair a year ago. Guys, I hate hard pants. I don't understand. We live in 2022. Why aren't we all wearing comfortable, soft pants? Well, the answer is they don't look good. You have a couple choices. You can wear like linen pants like your uh, Bono, or you can wear uh, yoga pants like your Sting or Phil Collins. Any of these references getting a chuckle. But the point of perfect jean, the point of perfect jean is they look great. No one needs to know that you are wearing a pant made with 2% spandex and 2.5% rayon for extra comfort and movement that frankly, your man parts require. I don't want to wear Lululemon pants. I want to wear jeans. And these are the best and most comfortable pants I've ever owned. As I said, I haven't taken them off in about a year now. I have them in black. I have them in dark blue. And the ones I'm wearing right now, I'm stretching them. You can't tell are dark gray. They look fantastic. They're wonderfully made. I've yet to have a single pair of them uh, wear out, which is way more than I can say about every other pair of jeans I've ever owned. They're so soft, you might even forget you're wearing them. Soft as a baby's butt and constructed utilizing the highest quality materials and sewing techniques to provide you with a product that is built to last. Best of all, they're not khakis. What, What are we doing wearing khakis? Fuck your khakis and spare your nuts. Let's be real. Look, I'm trying to have another baby. You gotta have room for your man zoon. I tried to make zone rhyme with room. The perfect gene for the perfectly imperfect men. Just 60 bucks when you use code WEIRDO at checkout. So liberate your lower limbs with the one and only perfect gene. Whether you're working with lemons or lentils, a three-leaf clover, or a big old honkin' eggplant, the perfect gene has you covered. Go to www.theperfectgene.nyc. That's theperfectgene.nyc. And use code WEIRDO for 25% off at checkout. Support your body. Give your body some stretch. Give your body some room. And show your support of this podcast. All right, everybody, get into this. Hope you enjoy it. Also, this month, March 31st on CBS, How We Roll premieres. Please check it out. I loved making it. I hope you love watching it. How We Roll will be on CBS. Check it out, please. In the meantime, enjoy me and Val. We made it weird. Get into it. Here's a generous question for you that you're going to... Effing love. love. I'm going to effing love it. Go ahead. How? I already, by the way. Yep. I decided I'm going to be more, look, I'm like chill. Oh, <laughs> yeah. the beginning of the pod, and I know I interrupted you to tell you, but I was excited. <laughs> I was excited to let you know that like, Just like you, you know, you know, <laughs> swimming in the Atlantic, Pete, that who opens the show, uh-huh. will meet. Sauna Pete. Ooh. Because I'm in like a robe, like a silken robe <laughs> that looks like something a boxer might kind of do that sort of like jogging dance, in place. The little da- like yeah. kind of dancing. A little of a... So much of boxing is dancing around. I had a bit about this, Val. I say very calmly. <laughs> not, I'm not in a rush to get it out. Yeah. We got all the time in the world. <sighs> You're doing even, great. Yeah. Who cares? This is like a... <laughs> it's like a relaxing place this podcast it's a safe place <laughs> this is kind of killing me it's the it's, the, it's like the bar in cheers just sit down and have a non-alcoholic beer because you got to remember your lines you're on the show <laughs> what i'm you know saying what? yes now i'm gonna interrupt you you know what this is and why it's 
kind of devastating. This is the part in Step Brothers where they're like doing oh, an yeah. adult talk. No, that, that's truly a <laughs> truly an, an interesting observation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, I I I just I agree with you. I don't necessarily make the content that I like. I listen to Radiohead. Yeah. I am not a. I listen to the National. <laughs> Ever okay? heard of it? Ever heard of it? <laughs> I listen to and I watch. Mad Men. I haven't watched Mad Men in many years, but I like relaxed things. Yeah. And, you know, the beginning of the podcast doesn't have to be opening up a pinata full of bees. Yeah. So, (laughs) which was a Second City show, by the way. Anyway, my boxing joke was that there's only one body smell. (laughs) Have you noticed that? Like, people are like, oh, B.O., and it's your armpits. Yeah. But, like, I'm not even trying to be shocking. I'm saying ding dongs and vajays. I was. T- what? I was just gonna say. What? Before you made this point, when you were like, "I'm gonna be calm," and I was like, "Yeah," and maybe like we don't bring up dicks in the first three yeah, minutes. No. I'm. Not, I'm just okay. You could say the back of your knees. Okay. <laughs> what right. I'm saying is any area where there's a bend, a fold, a shadow. <laughs> Or a crevasse. And if that conjures up images of privates... See, I just say privates now. I'm like a dignified... Ah. If there's a bend, a fold, a shadow, or a crevasse... A shadow! Um, I'm saying when it's sweaty, it smells the same. Uh-huh. So two boxers punching each other can definitely smell each other. Uh-huh. And they're so close to like, there's so much, I know they're hitting each other, but it's so close to your point. There's like silken robe dancing. Yes. There's, there's like, pheromones. There's pheromones. Yeah. Remember, I remember seeing a basketball game where two basketball players, I swear they were just, they were just kind of uh, hugging. Yeah. Like after a play and they accidentally kissed. I swear to God, my, this Wait. is in the days of VHS. My brother and I rewound it five times. These dudes, but it was like sloppy. It was like, it was like accidental. It's like their faces went by each other, but it oh. looked right. Like it was just yeah. like, yeah, you should be like, you should be kissing after baseball this. Baseball players should hit a home run and come back and just kiss all of their teammates. <laughs> and what would, I'm saying is. If that were true, I would watch baseball. In the dugout. There's only one smell, so you're smelling it all, is all I'm saying. <laughs> you're smelling, and you're topless, in little shorts, punch-hugging, and like, you know when they get tired and they collapse into each other and there's a hug? You're, you're just smelling everybody's everything. <laughs> it, all I'm saying is, in the dugout, there's only one smell, so you're smelling it all. <laughs> you're smelling it all in that dugout, and you're chewing on your tobacco, and, and you're spitting Everything is very and grabbing. Yeah, it is. It's very erotic, especially yeah. like MMA where they like get, you know, or like wrestling where they're like, they're embracing and being like, who totally. can hug tighter? And can this daddy pick me up? Yeah. Like that's, that's one of my, well, one of my, one of my, calm down. One of my um, <laughs> big regrets is Andre the Giant. Uh, would have loved to meet him. Would have loved to have been uh, picked up by him. Mm, yeah. I've said that many times. Yeah. Yeah. On this here podcast. So what were you going to say, my love, before that little calm tangent? <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, what are you at in your, when you do your Wim Hof? 
and you hold your breath, mm. what's been your longest recent time? I just, I thought it would be <laughs> funny as a bit to like shoot it out real fast. Yeah. And just be like, uh, well, 210, 210. Yeah. I don't really, I'm, I'm gentle. I'm yeah, gentle with the soft it. animal of my body and mm. two minutes and 10 seconds is pretty dope. That's a to really me, though, dope. If, thank you. Thank you. For, <laughs> I, you're right. So the Wim Hof Method is, it, you can Google it, YouTube it, and it's it's guided breathing, and it ends with a breath hold on an exhale. So uh, real quick, you flood your blood with oxygen with deep breaths, and then you exhale all your oxygen, and then you hold your breath. So you shouldn't be able to hold it, and you're surprised that you can. But here's, I, so I did it this morning, and what is really cool about it is that if you can get into a serene space... Uh, you can go for a really long time. Mm -hmm. But if you're thinking things like, I'm holding my breath, this is like being in a tomb. <laughs> that, that's a thought I've had before. This mm -hmm. is like a tomb. Like yeah. Tombs sort of are like, seal it off. Like no more breath for yeah. these. Yeah. These things are dead. So we'll even close the lungs of the outside. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like closing a coffin is like, no more air for you. Like you don't need it. <laughs> It's like a, <laughs> it's a not. symbol is what I'm saying. Uh. Like we could cremate. We know how to light a motherfucker on fire. <laughs> oh but instead we build like tombs and we put like the fancy folks get in tombs and it feels like a visual way of going like that's dead. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. You're saying it with the intonation of some sort of deep revelation. <laughs> Buddy, I think it is in the way that everything is. It's not now that I say it. But if you're groovy, it is. Okay. So anyway, I'll, uh, when I'm doing it, and you're right, I do love this question. You're going to love the question I have for you. Ooh. I think. And they're both telling. Yours is about Wim Hof. Or cold plunging, and I'd get real excited, and and mine is for both of us. But um, <laughs> that is telling. I just no no no. I want you to see that I don't think our, mine is about food. I don't want you to think oh, that sure, that's sure, like sure, just sure. your thing. That's our thing. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, that. But if I catch myself holding my breath and just trying to strain my way every time I do the hold, I try to go a little bit longer than the previous. Yeah. But if I'm looking at the, sometimes you just look at the clock. Because you, you're zoning out, you're like meditating. Basically, you're going into a very calm place while holding your breath with no air in your uh, in your lungs. And sometimes you just you think it's been a long time, and you look at the clock, and it's been forty seconds, mm -hmm. and you're fucked. Yeah. Like I don't know much about David Blaine going for the record, but one thing's for sure: uh, he didn't know how long. No one was telling him how long. Like you have yeah. to. Get it out of your mind completely. Yeah. So if you look, and in that case, if I look and it's 40 and I'm fucked, I know I'll maybe make it to a minute, maybe. But if I start getting that panicked Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol feeling, mm -hmm. which is the one where he holds his breath, uh, I stop. I just stop. I go, well, I, I, I sort of messed up. I'm not here to have a Joe Rogan experience, meaning I'm not here to like <laughs> exert my will over intense pain. Like yeah. I'm here to groove myself away and around that intense pain but if i start feeling it i go all right yeah I'm a, I'm a lenient dad to myself you know what i mean yeah if if inner pete is crying on the way to disneyland maybe we pull off and get some hot dogs that's right i'm not here to have a joe rogan experience either By the, thank you my love <laughs> i've been doing that for many 
a year now. I'm going to say one year, which is if I start going on about something, I go, I don't mean to give you a Joe Rogan experience <laughs> or my favorite. Are you having a Joe Rogan experience <laughs> is my favorite Please, everyone, you have my, use it, say it in your life. It's just funny. If someone's going on about like, you know, things I like, but going on and on about uh, the hidden cities of the Amazon, be like, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, are you having a Joe Rogan experience? (laughs) Because the the funniness of calling a show an experience Mm -hmm. is, is, I think that's, I don't know if it's intentional, but it seems funny to me. But it's also a whole thing because it seems like the, I mean, I'm sure there are people who listen to his podcast who are like, I take everything he says with a grain of salt, but I feel like maybe the majority or the most vocal are like, I am into all the things that this person who has very eclectic taste. Well, is that what a cult of personality is? Yeah, I think so. That's one of those things like the Suez Canal. That's like one of the things I pretend to know what it is. Yeah. Oh, the Suez? Oh, (laughs) second only to Panama. Am I right? Were you in the 80s when you were in elementary school? I was in the 80s. I was there for the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, and I was only there for the last year. (laughs) Oh, no. My my tomb closes. (laughs) And as the door closes on me, I'm like, huh, no more air for me. And this is the way we say, this one's dead. (laughs) Um. (laughs) This is how, this is a structure that says... Look, there's no ventilation on this, like, little house. You know what I'm talking about? The little houses. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy's so rich when he died. He bought himself. He bought his <laughs> A corpse, death apartment. A little death apartment <laughs> rather than feeding any of the needy. Yeah. He was like, you want to visit me? Come inside. Yeah. And there's like a, there's a ring doorbell. <laughs> there's a nest. Uh, there's Wi-Fi. Okay. <laughs> I like I, with every interruption I lost it more and more. So Aww. now I have no idea. I was only trying to surprise and delight. No, you did. We can uh, find it. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. Uh Joe Rogan experience. Grain of salt. Grain of salt. Oh. Yeah, see? Oh, cult of see? personality. Cult of personality, Suez Canal. So, yeah. Oh, I was gonna ask Told in the eighties, were you doing the like Told you. elementary school where they give you a map with just the borders? And you have to fill in, so it would be like a map of Africa, and you had to fill in what each country was and color it with Did they ever pencils. do that for us? Yeah. From memory? No, you, I think we were able to like look it up just to oh, use okay. the, I, well, actually this is what I remember doing. This is, this feels like almost exclusively what I did in elementary school. It's like kind of the only thing I remember doing. There were so many goddamn maps. And in I recall maps. And in um middle school too. And uh I think what I remember is you could do it. You did the first map by looking at from the book and you colored it and everything. And then sometimes we would get like a pretest that had a like Half of them filled in, and you had to fill in the rest. Oh. And then the final test was you had to memorize all of them. This feels like I'm uh, just changing the words in a Seinfeld bit, but it's like, they thought the future would be won or lost <laughs> in the world of maps. <laughs> if you knew, and and all of that, like, all I remember from school is maps, and I still don't know where the Suez Canal is. Oh, yeah. But I remember dealing with it on a map. But I don't remember which it which okay. map it was. I'm not. That's hilarious. I'm not trying to force this. I think if you can get 
it's like the first step in uh, asserting mm. a shared reality is maps is mm. going like if i it's like if i can sell you uh, a piece of chocolate cake i can probably sell you a fork Right? Yeah, but the cake is we got to get that first, and what we need to get kids doing first is agreeing mm. that there are imaginary borders. <laughs> yeah. This this is where Illinois ends. Yeah, Illinois, that's fucking over, dude. Yeah, it's done. This square is Illinois. This square is Indiana. Illa quiet. <laughs> and I remember thinking as a kid that there would be lines, like parking lines. I remember that too. Of course. Why? Because if there aren't, what the fuck are we doing? I know. We have the cash. Get yeah. some parking lot. There should be someone out there like the beginning of a ball game, raking the dirt and putting out clean lines and going, this is Michigan. Yeah. I remember Although specifically. Although Michigan I like because it's a mitten. It's, it's, Michigan is clearly its <laughs> Although own thing. Michigan I like because it's a mitten. <laughs> But like Washington and... Italy's okay. It's a boot. <laughs> if you, you are close, you... then it's all right. <laughs> well, Kentucky, I have no problem with. That's a chicken wing. <laughs> Kentucky, a chicken wing. But it wasn't until we made it one. But if the land... You know what I'm saying. If the land, Hawaii, yeah. I'm okay with you being Hawaii. Yeah. Alaska, nice try. <laughs> but what's all this ice shit you're shitting out? <laughs> There's like a whole swath of something that's nothing, but it's it's going, it's it's melting. It's going. <laughs> it's soon to be nothing, sadly. Oh, no. Um, I remember specifically going to the border of Texas and Arkansas, where I was born, Texarkana. And like when I was six, maybe, we, my dad was like, we're going to do like the one foot in Texas, the one foot in I'm Arkansas. Dead. When you were and, six, Arkana? Yeah. And there's like, right, because Texarkana is a city that's on the border. So there's the Texas side and the Arkansas side. So there's the city hall, I think it is. It's like some government building that's right in the middle of where the border is. Yeah, they loved this. This was the most exciting thing that, I'm not putting down Texarkana, I'm just saying the day They, they were like... Get it right on the border. Oh, yeah. No, they currently love it. Like Two-Face. if I'm not mistaken, there is, like, the Texas mistaken. side mistaken. I loved it. This, there's I, a Texas I called it out because it was a dorb. There's the Texas side of the building and the Arkansas side of the building. So one deals with the Texas government, and it's Which the same building. Which one has better barbecue? Texas, Our, uh, Yeah, Texas. You got, Texas. If you're in that building and you want lunch, make a left. Yeah, Texas is the better side, uh, like, full stop. Um, I don't know much about Arkansas, except it's Arkansas. That's how you spell it. Yep. That's all I know. That's all you need to know. I've never been there, I don't think. Uh, What's the main city in Arkansas? Little Rock. Yeah. I don't remember any Little Rock. That's where um, Bill Clinton's from. I'm from Little Richard, Arkansas. (laughs) Um, so I remember going and there was a lot you wanted to laugh. I'm still enjoying it. I'm thinking of one person that really liked that. (laughs) Little Richard, Arkansas. Um, it's like, yes, I was just going to say like, this is one of those things where it's like the more you interrupt, the more I just have to keep going back to a nothing thing that was just supposed to be like a quick thing. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll go even more into my rogue personality. So it's just, it's not, it's not even interesting anymore, but I remember going and there was a line on the road that was, you know, the oh, line the of the border. Out, yeah. yeah. And I remember saying, where, how do they do that? Like paint, paint this on the trees. 
Like I thought in my mind, it was like, it was the it full forever. length yeah, and like it was going to go up on the trees and down. Yeah. And I remember seeing the building and being like, why isn't there a line up the building. going up the building? It's like Because when you see a map, you think those lines are there. That's, the rivers that's what are I was there. trying to say. Yeah. The word should be there, too. It should say Utah on Utah. Yeah. Real big. I also remember when I was a kid, we were looking, we were going to drive up a mountain and we were looking up at the mountain and my, and there were clouds, you know, how like, you know, there can be clouds that are low enough that they're at the peak of the mountain. Yes. And my dad said... We're going to go up there. We're going to be in those clouds. We've talked about this before. And you think when you get up there, you'll see the cloud. Yeah, I know. I've, like a Charmin commercial. Yes, like I know. Like a piece of the cloud. I know I've told you this before. I want to recognize that because that's one of your things. Like, don't don't yeah. worry. I know I've told you. I was telling. I thought, no, I actually thought we've talked about it on this. Oh, maybe we did. Before, yeah. Which is totally fine. I just remember talking about the the... Like, there's places where you can be in five states, five different states holding hands. Mm. And I'm like, I, I don't mean to be a piece of shit, but if that <laughs> does it for you, like, I, I don't know where you are. <laughs> Not just which state you're in. I don't know. <laughs> which of the five? What state you're in. Yeah. Meaning, I can get into the kitsch of it, but I mean, if that's like your thing, like, wow, that was amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I know don't what have you mean. a... I don't a have reference a, for you. <laughs> there's a Green Day quote where uh, Green Day, Mike Durnt, the bassist, not his real name. It's because Durnt, 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 No. That's why. Oh, I I like my my body is rejecting that. My Look, body rejects that. I was that. just thinking about this, man. Like, it's just inevitable that what was cool won't be cool. That's what cool is. Yeah. I was thinking about it, Like, there's, like, even, like, playing, like, Without Me by Eminem, Eminem MMA. Mm-hmm. Have you, do you guys watch Eminem MMA? <laughs> Marshall Mathers is fighting Jay-Z. It's crazy. <laughs> in, the, in the ring. <laughs> in the octagon. And they're smelling each other's and smells. Smelling every crevasse They're shadow. smelling all of it. <laughs> <laughs> they smell all of it. See, you're a true talent. I love it. Um, MMA. What's cool is not cool anymore. Oh, like if you, the song Without Me, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think or, or any of those early Eminem songs, like ding 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 ding. There was a time mm-hmm. that that was on, and that was like hard. That was as it was like cool as it hadn't been played out yet. And yeah. now, if you were like if you were at our wedding and like ding 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 ding, like people would be like, oh, they're doing a bit. Oh yeah, like it's a bit, and like that's that's what Jim Gaffigan said when he did this podcast. I think it was the second or maybe the third time. He was like, I used to want to be on the cover of Rolling Stone, and so did I. As a young man, that was like, even when we were together, we would mm-hmm. set goals. Mm-hmm. And a consistent goal of mine was the cover I of Rolling Stone. I remember that, yeah. yeah. Which is, I'm sort of, in, I get it like a sort Aww. of dun, 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 <laughs> feeling from that admission. It's very durnt. <laughs> That's the word for this now. Like when you love something that you know is not cool now, you're like, it's it was so durnt. durnt. It's not jump the shark. It's durnt. It's durnt. And, oh, Mike Durnt said, I've been all over the country. It looks like a football stadium or wherever they play. It looked like an arena. Oh, yeah, because you only see the arena. And that's sort of my point is like, I've been all over the country. It looks like a Walmart. It looks like a, and, and I'm not putting down Walmart. I'm just saying it looks like a room. Mm. It looks like a room you're in. Mm-hmm. I've been to hundreds of colleges. Yeah. They all kind of look like colleges. They're mm-hmm. just colleges. And, and I, I get really confused. Like, 
whenever I would be in like a town that had like an intense, you'd see like a, a paw print of their team and the, the name of their team and the paw print. And then you go to another state, hundreds of miles away, yeah. and they'd have a different paw print with a different name. And I was like, yeah. it's almost like these parallel universes mm. that if they knew about each other and how similar they were, they should be like the baseball players. They should be kissing, but yeah. they like hate each other or they're rivals or whatever it is. It's like, it's all kind of one thing. Well, it's tribalism and it's how we make the world feel manageable. And that's the chocolate cake. This is, yeah, this is my And that brings world. us back to the full point. We need to agree that we call this earth. We need to agree that we call this America. Like, these are the parameters. You're yeah. a person and, and all these things. And that, yeah. that's part of the reason why people get so shook up by things, when new things come around, mm. whether it was homosexuality or, or trans rights or whatever it might be. People get as shook as you would if you would be like, America's now called Quijibo. And it could be called Quijibo. Uh-huh. But, and without a past, it would be inconsequential. Like if none of us had any memory, mm-hmm. I know that's absurd, but if we didn't have any memory and I said, this is called Quijibo, you'd go like, God bless Quijibo. Like you'd immediately <laughs> jump to Quijibo. You'd have, it's not the word Quijibo. It's, it's your past. And it's taking, a little the word Quijibo. Well, Quijibo is from the Simpsons and it means mm-hmm. a large ape. Um, it's when Bart is playing Scrabble. But it is a little quidgybo. You're you're right. I, what I'm saying is so many things attack and devalue our past, mm. which can be a really scary thing. And I guess I've never been a person that puts... It's one of the reasons I like enjoy and have enjoyed psychedelics. You know, like mm. I don't mind the mischievous, welcome to nowhere, my name is nobody and we're doing nothing. Like sort of like like a mad guy under a mushroom being like, where we go is where we are and where we've been is all that is. And like like a Cheshire cat doesn't, type. It doesn't fuck with me. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's right on, man. Like we're right here, dude. And like I'm melting into the movie Fern Gully on VHS. You know, like that doesn't freak me out. But if you took somebody that like, and no judgment, really loves their past mm. and really loves their place, this is no judgment. Mm. I think the Cheshire cat can really fucking freak you out if he's like, what is time but nowhere, no when? And you're yeah. just like, oh, where is Dylan? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, no, I I think I'm a little bit of one of those people, but I know, I know what you mean. Like, you know, our brain orients us in time so that we don't feel like we're groundless in the void. Yeah. Like that's what, that's why our brain is always thinking about past and future and creating these senses of parameters and control. It's kind of its own way of soothing the like existential. The weird, nothing, nowhere of it. Yeah. yeah. I completely, and you know, there is sort of an inherent absurdity I suppose that 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 I've worked so hard propagating who I am, uh, and and then mm. I love talking about how I'm okay being nothing because clearly I also really play that and enjoy that as mm. well. Anyway, let me ask you this question. Okay, and I'm going to give you my answer. I just want you to know first, and it's a very short answer. Yeah, but I just to give you a flavor. Okay. What what food? What 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 what. what, what? <laughs> What food mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. is a place? 
Quick, quick answer. My ex-wife and I, my ex-wife, we would always drive upstate New York to this, uh, God, I forgot what it's called, but there was this hundred acre nature preserve about an hour north of the hundred acre wood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Where Christopher Robin lives. (laughs) Yeah. And we would get on our way there. We would stop. God, I'm forgetting the name of all these places. But there was a bagel place in Park Slope, and we would mm. stop. I've actually taken you there since because we stayed in Park Slope in this great reclaiming of the Park Slope neighborhood. It was so, what a psychological treat that I got to go back and be like, yeah. no, I didn't lose this in the divorce. I can enjoy this fun New York neighborhood. Anyway, mm. we would all, I would always get, listen to what I would eat, mm-hmm. and keep in mind that all I've had today is a salad and green juice, like a fucking... West Coast Loon. <laughs> this is what I ate then. Mm-hmm. Ready? Mm-hmm. Pl- plain. Plain. Plain bagel. Yeah. This is... This bagel gets into P. Diddy's The White Party. That's how <laughs> this bagel rolls. You can bring this bagel into Diddy's. It is just... It's like the stuff that the whole world is made out of. <laughs> Me, you... Somewhere deep down is the building block, plain bagel. I would get that as if it's not white enough. Mm. And by the way, here's a real easy uh, health tip. Um, If you don't like how you feel, stop eating white food. Yeah. There's nothing white. If that's the only thing you do. No, if that's the only thing you do. Yeah. I I saw this thing on MTV where uh, Madonna, it was the show where the premise was a super fan got to meet their hero. Mm. And Madonna told, and this guy, he he felt overweight. Mm -hmm. He did not like his weight. He was heavy for his own taste. And he said, what should I do? And she said, stop eating cheese and get colonics. And and he did. And he like lost a bunch of weight. Wow. Just sometimes it's just like one tip. Yeah. Like stop eating cheese. Well, cheese would be a white food. Yeah. So there you go. So this bagel, chicken salad. Oh. With pickles. Oh. Sometimes they would slice the pickles into the chicken salad. Like mm. it was just spears. Clearly made by a man. Like a dad made it. Yeah. Like an Andre the Giant made it. Yeah. You guys want to say bonjour? <laughs> and they'd chop it into, and I'd take it and it would be wrapped in that deli paper tight and would go and would sit at this bench and I would eat it and I'd, I'd just get sky high. It was, yeah. as I'm saying, don't eat And I'd eat it with kettle chips. Uh, like Cape Cod, my mouth is watering yes. and I'm watering. Uh-huh. Tell me, so that's a place. When uh-huh. I think of it, I'm not, I'm thinking of being there with my ex-wife. I'm thinking of the park bench we sat at. Mm-hmm. And I'm also remembering that, like, that was kind of the event. We would walk around and stuff, but mm-hmm. that bagel was mm-hmm. certainly my favorite part mm-hmm. <laughs> of, of the excursion. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? I mean, so many things came to my mind, um, but I'm going to give one trashy answer and one classy answer just to show my range. Love you know? it and I need it. It's like an audition. No, why don't you give us one classy, one trashy? Okay. Um, okay. So my, just because Texarkana is in, is like on my mind. Uh, I used to spend the weekends, I'm the weekends, the summers in Texas with my grandparents. And forgive me. I don't think I've said this on the podcast. I know I've told you this, but I used to make at my grandma's house. These bologna sandwiches with the ty- the kind of bologna that had the 
Skin. Skin that you had. It wasn't skin, though. It was like why plastic. Is, why is the kid that would peel that off in the lunchroom, why is that a kind of kid? I, but it's not, it's plastic. Oh, you're not pl- supposed, you're to, supposed eat to take it. it off? Yeah, you're supposed to take it off. Okay, then it's not so a kind of So then kid. you were the kind of kid that was eating plastic. <laughs> oh, no, we didn't, I don't think we had that. I, yeah. But I feel like the kid that, if it was an elective activity, like you didn't have to take it off, mm-hmm. then that kid is the same kid that turns his eyelids inside out. <laughs> okay. I'm well, just saying, like, I'm going to do something gross. Remove yeah. the skin. You know, okay. Well, I, part of the story is that I would take the bologna. I, and my mom would buy bologna, but she didn't buy the type that had plastic on the, the side, the mm-hmm. like red plastic. But my nani did. So I would get the bologna. I would bite to like cut the, the you know, the plastic. And then I would pull it off. And then I would Oh my God, scrape. I can see it. She would put it in her mouth <laughs> like a fish and you pull out the bone. Yeah, like exactly. Like Heathcliff. Yep. Yeah. Just to scrape all extra bologna so no bologna is getting uneaten. No bologna left behind, yes. Then she had white Wonder Bread, like not off brand. Yeah, I don't think I've even had this, but I'm jizzing right now. It is, oh, a heaven. So you put we the bologna. We did talk about because it it's the easiest to eat sandwich ever. Exactly. But except for, well, I'll get to it. Don't, you're jumping ahead. So you put the, <laughs> the mayonnaise on, then the bologna, mustard on the other side, American cheese. Put it together. When you bite into it, zero, it all becomes one inseparable no. thing. It's a panini press that's you. <laughs> yeah. Your you, mouth you becomes ma- the panini press. You meanini press it. Like, I, I have <laughs> had this sandwich. Press. And it was when I was visiting, you know, on oh. the vacation movies, you'd visit the cousins. The country. So, I, yeah, I would is... have those people and I would eat those sandwiches. And I did enjoy the sandwiches. And then it immediately sticks to the roof of your mouth. So of that's course. the only part that's is hard about it. Is where milk comes in? This is where RC Cola came in. Royal Crown. <laughs> okay, so that was my childhood. Now I'm going to give a classy answer. When I was... That's a great answer. I'd like to spend more time. No chips, no Lay's. That begs a Lay's potato chip on the side. You know, I yes, it does. You're right. I don't remember a chip, but I do remember that she had... She would only have it for us, like when we came to visit. She had Rice Krispie treats in her white. These are all white foods. All white foods. Which, okay, I hope everybody, food is one of the most susceptible things in the world. Yeah. Like when you're, so talking about it, there's a chance that people are, you know, we all might, we're all more likely to eat this now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but go with God, everybody. Go with God. Um, also, we are like, uh, arguably food addicts so there is something to this that's a little fucked up that we're like and well we do this, this all the time all, though yeah but l- i also think it's funny and I, I it happened when i was doing mine is I, again it's just so funny the the human animal is that we'll talk about it like sometimes we'll talk about it's the best one i'll be like you know man i'm done with pizza it makes oh, me yeah. feel oh, like yeah. shit i don't even like the cheese is like I'm trying to disparage it. I'm like the cheese is disgusting. <laughs> and you're convincing yourself. <laughs> it's so good. I, like my mouth starts to water. I have to swallow. <laughs> the bread is. Oh, it's too much bread. <laughs> it's just too much bread. And the, what's going on with the sauce? Is like sweet. <laughs> it's I don't like want sweet and delicious. Sweet, 
sweet, delicious sauce. And like the screen flips like a Batman show, like mm-hmm. the six and I'm eating a pizza. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. Um, What's your class? We're working on it. So my class is when I was 21. Yeah, 21. I went to Paris and um, it, that was the first place that I ever had a chocolate croissant. And you know how I feel. Yeah, chocolate fave. croissants are my favorite treat. But every single morning we would um, wake up and like go down to the cafe that was kind of a part of the apartment that we were staying in. It was below it. And I would get a cappuccino and a chocolate croissant and like eat it with a fork because it was just so like a... flaky and yeah. like chocolatey. Yeah. And and I was I did it every morning for two weeks. <laughs> In the movie War of the Worlds, starring one of my favorites, Tom Cruise, I know I'm in the minority there that I enjoy a Tom Cruise movie, but um, they get shot with like these pulverizing rays. Have mm-hmm. you seen it? Mm, I'm sure I have, but I don't remember. The aliens shoot you with a ray and they go, Poof, you okay. burst. Yeah. That's what eating a chocolate croissant is like. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, like you're, exactly you're, it. you're its War of the Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get to like take something so delicate that took so much time and effort to make and just stuff it in your face hole. (laughs) Stuff it in your face hole. And feel classy doing it because you're in Paris and it's a pastry. Yeah, I know. You and I have both been being much more vegan lately. And we don't even have a trip planned. But I was like, if I go to, if we were to go to Italy or... Or Paris, I'm like, I don't know. I know. That's what I actually do know, Valerie. I do know that I would be a vegetarian. I would yeah. just have to and, and that's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. I mean it's not a, it's not an A plus. No. It's not uh text Moby. Yeah. Don't text Moby. I don't have Moby's number. I'm just I'm well, just saying I he's so beautifully perfectly vegan uh, it's not it's not up to mobitious standards yeah i went to i was vegan like pretty when we were like at the beginning of our veganism so it was like really strict like we didn't really cheat that much yeah uh for like two years and then i went to the netherlands and i was like well i'm gonna eat cheese in the Netherlands. like i I'm, yeah. i went to the town it, of gouda call it- i'm gonna eat gouda yeah. and i just if my you're in gouda my story that i was telling myself was I'm going to hope that they don't have the, like, massacre of factory farming here. Yeah. That it's, like, a little bit different. That being said, I also stayed on a dairy farm and, you know, I saw a calf be born and immediately separated from his mother. And this was, like, a small little dairy farm. Yeah. So it still is not great. And that calf is fighting crime now. <laughs> yeah. it, that was the trauma that got it to be, like, no more injustice. <laughs> they put on a cowl. Doing little hooved back kicks, <laughs> fighting crime fighting. He's a Dutch crime fighting cow. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I mean, is it more preposterous than a teenage mutant? How long has Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle been the go-to for? Like, look, if I don't know, we man. Didn't get that to work. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. But I'll tell you this, man. Teenage, young. That was a buzzword. Yeah, it was. When you're a kid, you're like teenage. Also, at that time, it was not what it is now. It was like cool teenage. Oh yeah, mutant, cool. Very ninja, cool. great. The coolest turtle. What? <laughs> Meaning a good what? An itchy what? And then they're drawn badass. I don't know if you've seen the original. Yeah, of course. Eastman and Laird uh, Ninja Turtles. They're it's like black ink. Like it's hardcore, mm. cool, dark. 
Anyway, I'm just saying, like, let's find a better... What is, what is a better example of something that shouldn't have worked that did work? Blippy. Yeah, Blippy. And Blippy, like, for those of you who don't know, is a, is a man who climbs into ball pits and yeah. films it. <laughs> and I, you know what, man? It's exactly. easy to make fun of Blippy, but like, I, I do, I just, I don't love it. Yeah. I don't love it. And even just the whole phenomenon of like, and we've engaged in this too. So like for people whose kids are watching other people play with toys on YouTube, we've also been there. But I'm like, why? I No, you're right. I think that is my main problem with Blippi and the guys that play with toys, like from a POV camera. Mm-hmm. It's 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 so you just see their hands and they're just playing with Play-Doh. There's just something uh, dystopian about it. Yeah, where you're like instead of just going to a motherfucking ball pit, yeah, here's this guy in an outfit that just to me, if anyone knows what Blippi is, you're loving this. If you don't, it's almost over. <laughs> in an outfit that just screams, okay, I'm I'm an accountant uh, and I don't want to be an accountant. I'll do kids work. I'll wear orange suspenders and a floppy hat. You know, yeah. I'm just... It's it, almost like someone had that outfit, like one of his friends at their house. It looks and like he, he put it on. photos of him at a kegger drinking, he, yeah, and drinking and then, in that outfit. And then they were like... You you're good with kids. You should wear that and do videos. It's yes. like the outfit came first. And now he first. has a hundred billion dollars. Yeah. And I, I'm also just like, it's just not a Mister Rogers feel. It's no. just not a Mister Rogers world anymore. Well, you are right. It really is shining the light on like, oh right, we're watching TV instead of having experiences because it is like the next step where you're like. We're just going to watch people have experiences instead yeah. of have any ourselves. It's Instagram. It's a pre-Instagram for kids to yeah. be like, wow, imagine if I had that toy. Yeah. And imagine if I went to that kid's zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's um, I, Look, it is what it is. It's certainly not Blippi's fault. I'm just saying if <laughs> no it one's was 1975 <laughs> and you showed them this future and kids just mashing it an iPad to watch more unboxing videos of toys, you would go like, where did we go wrong? And we don't have that luxury, but we can go like, uh, is there any hope? <laughs> <laughs> we have that right to here, ask that question. I don't have, I've been reading a Rupert book. So here we go from my, you're in a dugout smelling everything seamlessly and segwaylessly <laughs> into spirituality. I don't even know if these... This was just my reading, and then I want to I want to hear your poem, unless you had other things you wanted to talk about. No. I love, love it, and it, I need it. Love it, and need it. I just, um, I'm, this is from Rupert's book, The Transparency of Things. It's his first book. It's a, it's a bigger book. The one that I recommend is Being Aware of Being Aware is a great place to start. It's a smaller book. Mm. Um, let's see if any of this makes sense. Oh, yeah. This, this is the last <laughs> paragraph of a long thing about meditation. But if it drops me in to a really, I don't know how to, a peaceful, expanded, spacious, blissful state, Mm -hmm. just from reading it, I put a little mark. Mm. And this is, um, this is talking about how with meditation, oftentimes with with the direct path, the non-dual path is, is trying to recognize that. God's nature and your nature are the same. Like fundamentally, the thing, the the you that is knowing these words and your experience, that knowing is the only knowing there is. Yeah. And it is basically playing a game of hide and seek with itself for its own amusement. That's that's 
sort of overly basic, but that's basically it. But that it's really, really exciting when you consider then that the greatest mystery of the known universe, of, of, of the known anything, of all things that could be and have been is, as I always like to say, is looking out your eyes right now. Mm. Which means all that you need to do, you don't even have to shut your eyes to do it, is sort of go inwards, not inwards into the body, but inwards, you could feel it as a going into the body, mm. but inwards, it's like a cessation. It's a stopping of shining your light out and just letting it be a candle Mm. and when you rest in that candle instead of directing the light at a tv or or at a book or at a friend or at whatever at your job you just let it burn as a candle and use and you rest as that still candle and that is the greatest joy and the greatest peace that's the peace that passes all understanding and it's it's here so it's not at the top of a mountain Mm -hmm. with a cross i mean certainly there could be great teachers in mountains i'm just saying you don't have to go into a cathedral or an ashram. You don't have to fast. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything. And he's even saying in this, in this little section that you don't even have to meditate in the way that we think of meditation as an activity. Mm. Because as soon as you think of a mantra or your breath or, or anything, uh, and now I'll read it. This is what he says. Therefore, from the point of view of ignorance, ignorance meaning your ignorance, like you're ignoring your true mm, nature mm-hmm. and kind of getting lost in what he calls objective reality. So it's not stupidity. It's ignoring your true self. Therefore, from the point of view of ignorance, the search is the first step that consciousness takes in the return to itself. So you want to recognize your true nature. The search is the first step. Mm. Right? From the point of view of understanding, the search is the first step that consciousness takes away from itself. Does that make sense? Read it all as one. Okay. Therefore, from the point of view of ignorance, the search is the first step that consciousness takes in the return to itself. Uh From the point of view of understanding, the search is the first step that consciousness takes away from itself. Yeah. Wow. I know. I love it. Another way to say, he says the direct path is you stay at the destination. You start at the destination and you remain there. Mm. So in my experience, meditating as not an activity and not a journey, Mm -hmm. and not a practice, and not like, I'll either do this effectively or not effectively. I'll either end at the end of this 20 minutes, I'll either be closer to realization or further from it, depending on the quality of it. Mm -hmm. You drop all of that horseshit and realize that any step in any direction would be going away from where you want to be. You're already there. Yeah. The knowing that knows all of your experience just remove from it any effort and any doing and just recognize that it's there yeah and 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 the prompt that he uses for that is um who or what is it that is aware of my experience that's that's a nice way in Mm -hmm. but i I find actually reading this book um to be uh, full of good prompts here's another one and then we'll go to you unless you had another no i love that thought um sorry let me make sure i got it Sorry, these are, these are in the middle of a page, so it has little handles like however. However, each time consciousness returns to itself, each time it relaxes its fixation on a separate entity, each time it opens itself without choice or preference to the full spectrum of whatever experience is appearing within itself, it is, without knowing it, undermining the habit of self-avoidance 
the habit of avoiding its own reality. Mm. So it's, a, it's again, we just cut come across this in every tradition yeah. every teacher we talk about whether they are non-dual or talking about the direct path or not they might mm. be more devotional or or, or or completely dual it doesn't matter everybody seems to agree mm-hmm. that when you drop your preferences even if you just can do it for a moment and just allow what is happening mm. you are more cleanly uh, yourself, you're you're not uh, as hidden from yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like a stripping away of everything, as opposed to like a searching or a trying to go somewhere else. Yes, it's stripping your preferences away, stripping the searching away. Stop the, it! Yeah. Just realize you're already there. Yeah, it's it's like I'm not going to play the game. I'm just going to stay on go. Yeah, because it's fine. There's not there's nothing out there that isn't. Right. On the square go. Yeah. It also makes me think of Eckhart Tolle's thing of the idea of like, one day I will be enlightened is a thought of the ego because it's in time. So that like searching will keep for this keeps us from just being being it. And that's what I liked about the second thing I read was it's like every time you can do those things, every time you can surrender and be easy and, and drop mm-hmm. and, and let go, you... you you build up a pattern. Rupert can also be pretty scientific where he's just like, look, you have these grooves, you yeah. have these habits. Yeah. And and one of them is, you know, I, I'm working on a bit called Don't You Kind of Love It, mm. which is, and you've helped me with this bit, which is like when you, you ever catch yourself being like, I, I can't, I can't, I'm, I, I'm in New York. I'm in New York on Friday. Yeah. I, I, look, we're going to have to do it. In, we're going to have to kick that meeting till next week. Yeah. And you're stressed. Yeah. Don't you kind of love it? <laughs> Yeah. Or if you're like, baby, can you please make lunch? We don't talk this way in our house, but I'm just saying, yeah. like, can you make lunch? I, 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 I got to get Leela. I got to get Leela. It's four o'clock. Yeah. Don't you kind of love it? Yeah. You worked so hard to have a thing called four o'clock yes. and school and a, and a daughter or whatever your life is filled with. Friends. Oh, fuck. I forgot Tiffany's birthday. I got to get her a gift. What the fuck am I getting? She's so hard to shop for. Don't you kind of love it? <laughs> don't you sort of go like, oh, my God. I'm living house like, yeah. like a kid. Like, like you'd well, play that's what house. I was going to say. When You're I was a kid, house. I really remember being a kid and playing a, like being a stressed out adult. In fact, I have one specific memory of coming into the house, like walking into the, the kitchen through the garage door and my mom and brother were talking and I was like, I got, I have this phone call. I've got to run. I can't get, I can't get the kids out of the car. Like yeah. just being exactly what you're saying. And bo- both of them just like looking at each other like, okay. Cause I was just fully in play. Love. You also, I love that feeling of being a kid where you don't, you don't care at all. If, if people are in your shared reality, like your play and the world of your play is so important yeah. that you're not going to break character just because mom's not going to understand. Leela hates when I'll hear her say like, and that's why I got to get a muffin. And I go, you want a muffin? And she goes, I'm playing. Yes. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt the trance. It literally it's, is a, it's trance. a trance. It's beautiful. It's her down in front. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to lose myself here. Yeah. Or, or I don't think she's even trying to lose herself. She's just, She's just enjoying the play of it. Yeah. Rupert makes a very similar point where he's like, when you think of a, a childhood memory, when you were happy back then, he puts in quotes, he's like, really what you're missing is that unencumbered 
consciousness, mm. just where you were able to access the joy of being, yeah. the simple joy of being, yeah. that we, I think we overdo it with the don't you just love it. So yeah. we put too many layers in the bean dip. Yeah. And before you know it, you've, you, you've, you don't have any chips. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Perfect. Need, um, okay. Do you want music? Yeah, sure. Um, it's interesting because I was going to read a Kabir poem, but then I remembered when we were talking about food that I was listening to Tara Brock talk about addiction and she read this Rumi poem and it's also happens to be very much uh, in the vein of what you're saying and what you shared. So you can't get Spotify. Oh, that's okay. We don't need it. I could try connecting to the... That's okay. We don't need it. It's short. Okay. Um, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I just kept saying, that's okay. Um, okay, so it's... it's. I don't know if this is a quote or is it a one poem. Of those? Okay. I think it is a poem. It's written like a poem. Okay. Yeah, it's called The Worm's Waking by Rumi. This is how a human being can change. There's a worm addicted to eating grape leaves. Suddenly, he wakes up, call it grace, whatever. Something wakes him, and he's no longer a worm. He's the entire vineyard, and the orchard too. The fruit, the trunks, a growing wisdom and joy that doesn't need to devour. Wow. Yeah. It's a good one. I love that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the sandwiches again. Sandwich. <laughs> so, like, we can be the whole sandwich. Yeah. The Wonder Bread, the bologna. <laughs> oh, my God. You are my queen. <laughs> um, thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thanks. Loved it. Loved, Loved that poem. Yeah. It's a good one. Um, happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Oh my God, it'll have been yesterday, but yes. I was just saying it to you personally. Oh, oh thank you. Hope everyone had a healthy, healthy and safe St. Patty's Day. <laughs> Don't forget the year in Bennigan's Chicago, 2002, where I wore green tights in a Jolly Green Giant outfit and manned a beer tank. Oh my God. And uh, every once in a while, people would steal beers from the beer tank and I would catch them and I'd grab them and I'd go... Just give it back. Just give it back. Just give it back. Oh, my God. That was when you were moose. It was when I was moose. And they gave me the beer tank because they were like, You're you'll probably make 300 bucks. I remember I made like 150 bucks. And yeah. I was like, that was a shitty deal. Yeah, not worth it. Not worth it. Not worth the outfit. But still fun. Glad I did it. Yeah. Keep it crispy. Okay. Promise. So crispy. My ice cream. Make you haters want to get me. Keep it so crispy.